0: That's join MIDI dot com.
1: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, please send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Be sure to cast your vote for the show on Podcast Alley, podcastalley.greatdetectives.net. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, before we get into today's adventure of the Abbott's, I do want to remind you to be sure and check out my wife and I's book, Tales of the Dim Night. It's a fun read with a lot of comedy, some great homages to uh, classic golden age superheroes, and a good family story as well. I think you'll enjoy it and I'd encourage you to, do, to get it at dimnight.com where you can also read reviews of Tales of the Dim Night as well as some interviews we've done at, uh, uh, with the book. So go to dimnight.com or just put Tales of the Dim Night in the search box on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Let's get into today's adventure of the Abbots, the Blue Rocket Express.
2: After all, traveling on a luxury train is very glamorous. But did you ever read one of those timetables where it says, Baggage car, note, does not carry corpse?
3: <laughs>
4: The National Broadcasting Company presents The Adventures of the Abbots, starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon as Pat and Gene Abbott, the nationally popular characters of detective fiction created by Francis Crane. NBC invites you to join Pat and Gene each week at this time for an exciting recorded adventure in romance and crime. Tonight's story The Blue Rocket Express. And here is Gene Abbott to set the stage for our puzzle in murder. <laughs>
2: Pat's office is in San Francisco, but he'd been called to New York on a case, and in order to clear it up, we had to take the blue rocket from New York to Chicago for a quick one-day visit. And then we planned to take the rocket back to New York again. We'd checked our luggage through, and we were strolling into Grand Central Terminal. Jean. Yes, Pat?
5: The train doesn't leave for 20 minutes. Why do you always drag me to trains nine years ahead of time? Now what are we supposed to do? Stand around the terminal twiddling our thumbs? Don't
2: get excited, dear. They open the train a half hour early, see? Mm. Track 32, it's open already. So come on. Stop being a typical husband and get on the train. Oh, of
5: all the silly things. Dragging me here so early that I... Oh, uh, you go ahead. Why? I need razor blades and cigarettes and a couple of magazines I forgot to buy.
2: Uh-huh, we got here too early. <laughs> well, you're lucky I brought you here so fast, you'd have forgotten okay, about it. Okay, every... okay, now just stop being a typical wife and get on the train. I checked our space at the desk inside the gate and went into the lounge car. i just lit a cigarette when the only other passenger in the lounge, a, a small, bespectacled chap, nodded at me quite cheerfully.
6: Rather pleasant to board the train early, isn't it?
2: Yes, yes, it, it's very comfortable.
6: Are you going to Chicago or on to California?
2: Uh, just to Chicago for the moment.
6: Oh, my name's Duffield, Professor Ernest Duffield.
2: Mine's Abbott, Jean Abbott. You with the University of Chicago, Professor?
6: Hmm? Oh no, 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 no! I'm going to California. I'm in the through car.
2: Oh, well, how do they work that? I've always flown across.
6: Well, you see, they switch the car off in Chicago and then hitch it on to the back of the El Dorado. That way, as they say in the ads, you don't have to change trains.
2: <laughs> what do you uh, teach, Professor?
6: Well, I'm not teaching anymore, Mrs. Abbott. I'm doing research. Oh. matter of fact, that's why I'm going to Los Angeles to a conference.
2: And um, what's your subject?
6: Bacterial warfare.
2: Oh, I hate those words. Thank heavens no one's tried that yet.
6: Oh, but they have.
2: That sounds horrible. What, um, is this conference in California?
6: I'm very sorry indeed, but I cannot discuss that. It would be classified information. Now, if you'll excuse me... Oh, please,
2: me. please don't go. My husband would love to meet you.
6: Well, I'd be delighted to meet him too, but I'm... Well, uh, sort of an old eccentric, I guess you might say. I... I can't stand crowds. The moment the train fills up, I prefer retiring to my compartment until the end of the trip. And alone, I can relax, read.
2: Goodbye, Professor. It's been most interesting.
6: Thank you, Mrs. Abbott. Good evening. Well,
7: well, leaving us so soon, friend. My name is Charlie Drake. Stick around, friend. I have a few stories you'll like. I I,
6: I beg your pardon.
7: (laughs) Well, get him. He ain't square. He's oblong. How about you, ma'am? I guess we might as well be friends. We're fellow travelers in the old shoot. Two Drakes, the name Charlie Drake. I'm the original good time Charlie. Uh Uh-huh. Are you uh, traveling alone, honey? Just a small-town girl at the mercy of all the
2: traveling salesmen? No, no, no. I'm uh, with my husband. Oh, well, that ties it. In fact, here he comes. Well, I got everything I needed, Gene. Pat, this hmm? is Charlie Drake, my
7: husband. Oh, look, how's for all of us whipping up a little bridge game? uh let's see there's three of us here who's who's that fellow over there in the corner anybody know him the, the old geezer no we don't uh what do you say there stranger how about for being a fourth at bridge eh oh poxy grandpa a little on the deaf side him well i can always keep the folks happy uh i don't believe i caught your name
5: i'm pat abbott this is my wife Jean. going a little old chicago are you so am i
7: i'd love to be on that through car to sunny california but business forbids you got nice accommodations.
2: Yes, yes, we're uh, quite happy about it. Well, look,
7: I'm in car 181, compartment C. Open day and night, never a dull moment. Anytime you're feeling blue, you want a few laughs, call on your friend, good friend Charlie. Hey, have you two heard the one about the near-sighted octopus and the bagpipes? Have you? You'll bust your buttons, kid. This one's a real knee-slapper. Now, listen here. It seems the octopus went to a... <laughs>
8: Pullman Conductor, sir. Urgent telegram for Professor Duffield.
7: Well, all right. Just a moment. Find the light. And my
6: bathroom.
9: Yes? Shut up, Professor.
8: Get back into your compartment.
6: What are you doing with that gun? Who are you? What do you want?
8: You're bringing something to that California conference, Professor. It's a culture. Little germs in a flask i don't know what you're talking about now don't stall there's no time i know all about it you've made a discovery it's the most powerful bacterial weapon ever devised the easiest to make too quickest cheapest now where is it where's the flask
6: get out of here
8: i want the flask professor and right now be smart and turn it over who are you well i guess you'd call me a salesman i pick up little items like yours and then put them on the open market sell them to the highest bidder You'd be surprised how these items draw customers. In America, Mexico City, Cairo, Berlin. I get around. I do very nicely. Now, where's the flask? Stay away from there. Is it in the medicine cabinet? Hmm? All I have to do is shout. The conductor will You open your mouth, and I'll put half a dozen bullets into that celebrated brain of yours.
6: The flask in one of your valises? I'm going to give you five seconds to get out of this compartment. The flask is top-secret property of the United States government. It must be out of your mind trying to get away with a thing like this. I've done
8: pretty well before, and I talk up, Professor. Where the devil is that culture? I said
6: I'd wait five seconds.
8: You've about used them up. You don't really want to die, do you, Professor? You have so much to contribute to America. Why get yourself knocked off? Don't you have a family, Professor? Friends? Don't you want to go on living? Professor, you're just begging to be killed, and I'm just the guy to do it. You know, I, uh, I could even make it worth your while, Professor. I'll get lots of dough for the flask. Maybe I could cut you in for a piece. Now, where is the blasted culture, Professor? Don't touch that bell. No. Keep your hands off that bell or I'll crack your head open with this gun. Go so help me out!
2: After Pat and I left the lounge, we didn't see the professor or good-time Charlie for the rest of the trip. We left the train at Chicago without knowing there was anything wrong. Neither did anybody else. Pat tended to his business and then took a relaxing spin on Lakeshore Drive in a cab. And by early evening, we were back on the return trip of the Blue Rocket Express heading for New York. After dinner in our compartment... Pat, I've been wondering. This is car 181, compartment C. Now, where did I hear that before?
5: From that big boar, Charlie. He said this was his compartment on the way to Chicago. Oh, I'm awfully tired, darling. I think I'll hit the hay.
2: Well, I'm wide awake. Night Owl Jean, they call me.
5: Okay, then you go on up to the lounge. I'm going to ring for the porter and have him make up the berths. I'm knocked out.
2: Well, thank goodness we lost Good Time Charlie. I was afraid we'd run into him again. Or when we got off in Chicago. Yeah.
5: Yes, come in. Oh, Porter, uh, make up our berths, please. Thank you.
2: Oh, I'll step out of your way, Porter, so you can pull down that upper. Pat, look. There... There's a body up there.
5: Yes, a dead body. Oh, Pat. Get the conductor, please, Porter. Oh, no. someone did quite a job on him.
2: Well, It's, it's Professor Duffield.
5: What? Who's he? Well,
2: I, I met him in the lounge car when we were leaving New York before you got here. He's a scientist and expert on bacteriological warfare.
5: Well, that makes it worse, much worse. You better have the conductor notify the FBI immediately. But,
2: but this wasn't his compartment.
7: What was he doing in here? The reporter tells me someone's died in here.
5: Uh, yes, conductor. When you lowered the berth a moment ago, we found this body. Uh, what are your names? Mr. and Mrs. Patrick Abbott. All
6: right. I'll find another space for you. Now, don't discuss this with anyone under any circumstances, except the police. I'll have them aboard on it at our next stop. Now, we'll take care of everything now. Just keep calm and keep quiet. Don't go to sleep in the space I give you until I've had a chance to get more information well, from the,
2: you. this, this man, the, the dead man, was in the wrong compartment. It, oh, what do you mean? Well, I met him on the way to Chicago on this train last night. If he was murdered and and then his body was shoved into the upper berth and let's there. this. This is not the compartment he had for himself. His name is Professor Duffield. He was originally on the through car to California.
5: He was a highly classified government work Conductor. You better report that instantly when you contact the police. Now, my schedule book says the man who occupied this space on our trip out was a Mr. Charles Drake. Now, Conductor, my wife wouldn't make a mistake. Besides, Charlie Drake of good time Charlie, as he called himself, got off in Chicago. This is not Drake. Uh, look, would you do something for me? Oh, what is it? Here are my credentials. I'm a private investigator. The New York police will know my name if you want to check. So will the FBI and the Pentagon. I've been on cases involving classified materials. Well,
6: you tell all this
7: to the police, Abbott. I'm just a conductor trying to get a train all into right, New All right, all
5: right. Now this train is a radio phone. So has the El Dorado. And time may be terribly important. Would you let me call them? What for? I want to ask them if Professor Duffield is aboard. He's lying there dead, isn't he? Look, just let me make the call. I have a theory. There's a phone in the diesel cab of the Eldorado. I read about it in the magazine. I can't can't let people play games now, Mr. Rabbit. I have to see if there's a doctor aboard. I have to contact the police at the next town. Just the one call. I have the right to do that, don't I? Look, I can't get away, can I? You can listen to the conversation if you like. I'm telling you this may mean the solution of the case. Uh... Okay, make your call. There's two cars ahead. Thanks. Come on, Gene. Where are we, conductor? And uh, what time is it?
6: Approaching Manfield, Ohio. It's uh,
5: Mm 8.55. Mobile operator, this is R.Y. 64372. I want BX6500.
2: Oh, you think you'll get through, Pat?
5: Probably. I've got to ask him this
2: question. I don't get it. Professor Duffield's dead in compartment C. And and then you're calling uh, to... Ask... Eldorado,
5: this is Patrick Abbott. I'm a private detective. Aboard the Streamliner Blue Rocket. You what? Okay, get on, conductor.
7: Uh, uh, hello, Eldorado. This is John L. McLeod, conductor aboard 15. Yes, Yes, it's all
5: right. I understand.
6: Yes. Uh, what's your question,
5: Abbott? Do they have a Professor Ernest Duffield aboard? Passenger for Union Station Los Angeles. In a compartment on the through car. Uh, Duffield,
7: or L.A., in the through car.
5: Got a passenger of that description? Well? But what's the answer?
7: Yes. Are you certain? He is? Thank you. Goodbye.
2: What'd they say?
7: They have a Professor Duffield. He's fine, enjoying the trip. Of all the ridiculous gangsters... Well, that's
2: impossible. And... The dead man is the professor. All
5: right. The police will take over shortly. We'll find out all the answers. They're getting aboard at the next stop, two or three minutes now. Uh, you said you'd find another space for us. Yes, yes,
9: I'll try. Uh, please, please, you wait here. I'll be back shortly.
3: All right. That's
9: This is just what I wanted.
2: What are you going to do? Follow
5: me to the door. Now never mind. You... The conductor has been so nice, I wouldn't want to spoil a beautiful friendship. Now, this train is slowing down. Just stand here. I'll get these latches open on this door. Now, in about ten seconds, as the train slows down some more, you jump. What? Just fall easy. You'll tumble on the ground a bit, that's all.
2: Well, you can't skip out now. We're in the middle of nowhere. You'll be
5: a... We we need every second, dear. Without any interference. Are you ready?
2: The train's going too fast. I'm Uh, not... jump. We were lucky. We landed on soft ground. Oh, thank goodness the train wasn't going quickly. It was very dark. We were in deep grass somewhere in the middle of Ohio. No lights anywhere. Nothing. Now, let's see if we can... If we can what, my dear crazy Mr. Abbott? Exactly how do we solve a murder case involving a top-flight scientist by roaming around here by the railroad tracks?
5: Dear, this is Mansfield. I saw on the timetable that the El Dorado is due at La Junta, Colorado, about 5.40 in the morning. Now, if we can find a road and get a hitch and grab a plane... Yes, if... Look, look. Through the grass. There's a paved road way up there. I saw a headlight. Come on. Let's try for that hitch. Hurry, (laughs) Gene.
2: We got the hitch in an old Model T. A very friendly farmer picked us up and told us there was a small airport about 15 miles away. A young veteran was operating a cargo plane service out of it. We bounced along the 15 miles in the old Lizzie, rattling like the famous skeletons on a tin roof. At the airport, we met the veteran. We thought we'd have trouble, but he was an eager kid, and the idea of trying to catch the El Dorado appealed to him. We stepped into his plane. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I, I think we can do it, Mr. Abbott. Where do you figure on landing? Well, that would be up to you, of course. Oh? Uh-huh. But I'd like to pick them up somewhere on La Junta. If not, perhaps we might catch them in New Mexico. Okay, now, you keep the timetable of the El Dorado in front of me, and I'll head for La Hunter.
6: Well,
2: isn't that country out there pretty rugged? <laughs>
6: yes, ma'am. Cliffs, hilly, rough terrain. Well,
2: can you make a landing out there where we can walk away from?
6: Ma'am, I used to fly over a spot called the Hump back in the war i my a sound to come in. You can fly over that. Anything else is a vacation
5: with pay. Oh, fine. That's a help. It's all we need. A real soupy storm. Now we've got to get through. Cross your fingers. I'm taking off. Uh, only, by the way... Yes? There aren't
7: any parachutes.
2: We took off. Pat and I squatted on bucket seats in the back. The weather was awful. The little plane rocked, rolled, and practically stood still in midair. Time was passing. Precious time. Pat? Yes, Jean? How do you fellas do it? Do what? Just sit there, quiet-like, as if you were on a pleasure jaunt. Me? (laughs) I've bitten what's left of my nails. I've recited pertinent excerpts from a book I read called How to Keep Calm in a Crisis. <laughs> well,
5: just relax. There's work to be done. Oh,
2: yes, you always say that. But you have ice water in your veins. You're the rugged type. <laughs> Me, I'm the delicate, scare-real, easy type.
5: Uh, It's none of my business, Mr. Abbott. It's kind of silly to ask now, but... Are you 100% certain this trip was necessary? Why, why couldn't you have... Left it to the police, where the train stopped. Because I'm after that train. By the time I convinced the authorities about who I am, and what I suspected, and what was going on, and fought through the right channels to the right authorities, it will be all over. But really over.
2: How to keep calm in a crisis? Remember the key words. What the dickens are, those keywords?
5: I'm down about as low as I can get. We ought to be directly over the railroad tracks can't get any low, we'll smack up. Well, have you got any field glasses in this flying percolator? Yeah, around here somewhere.
2: See if you can spot the train.
5: It shouldn't be too hard. The Eldorado's got a headlight that throws a beam about a half a mile. I've got the glasses. I'm watching.
2: Pat, we're awfully low. Yes, ma'am. If he suddenly spots anything and has to climb to avoid it, we might stall, mightn't we?
5: just relax, dear. I told you before... You, You
2: see the train?
5: No, no, not yet. Well, you better see it soon, Mr. Abbott. I can't keep this up indefinitely. If we come to a very high spot, I may not be able to hedge hop like I'm doing. Well, it should be here, unless it's late. I don't see a thing. Just miles of track. I can just about make out the tracks. This storm is cutting the visibility down too
2: much. Are you positive you're right about the time and the place?
5: Yes, absolutely. The only thing could throw us is if that train is very late. That could be. Then we'd have to backtrack. Well,
2: it probably is late with this weather. Now, if
5: you just keep mum, dear, I... would Wait a minute, wait. Wait a second, I spotted it. I see it. A streamliner, about 20 cars. There's no freight. It's lit up like a Christmas tree down there. Oh,
2: thank heavens! Now what?
5: Can you get about 10 or 15 miles ahead of her and find a place to set this plane down? I can try. Oh, my aching GI back. Find a place to sit down here, huh? We've got to, my friend. A scientist with top-secret information has been killed. His head was bashed in. Holy Aunt Hannah, is that what this trip... The killers are on that train. So put it down sweet and gentle and make it real fast. If I can see a big enough stretch. This is a very small plane, but that doesn't mean we can land on a dime. You know, I had... Wait a minute. I see a spot. Doesn't look too bad. Of course, that rain's got so many puddles going, we could land and maybe hit a ditch or a gully or give hole and turn right over. I'll never see it coming. All right, all right. Put it down, pal. Huh? Right where you think we have a chance to make it. Okay, now if I. if I overshoot this field, there's a cliff up ahead there, see? We'll go right off the cliff. Now put it down, I said. Steady. Ginger. Yeah? Place yourself against that seat. Wish I could see more, but uh, Here goes. Start praying. Easy, boy. Easy. That's it.
6: Pat, I I
5: can't look. Easy. This is it. Now. Pat, the cliff. We're too close. We're
2: too close.
5: Oh. made it. Oh, (laughs) good. That's wonderful. Beautiful job. Now, look. We got emergency flare. Yeah, under the seat. Fine, I'll take a few.
2: What in the world are you going to do now?
5: Set these off in the track in front of the El Dorado, and hope there isn't an accident. They do ninety miles an hour on some of these stretches.
2: We ran through the rain to the truck The pilot stayed back with his plane and was to join us later.
5: I light a flare here, Jean. Just hope the rain doesn't kill it. You hear the train coming?
2: No, not yet.
5: Okay. Put another flare here. There. Now, oh, let's see. Well, there are no curves on this approach. That's good. The engineer will see the flares early. Only it takes him almost a mile to come to a full stop. Yeah. That's it. Now... Just wait and watch.
2: Pat, you need a gun. If you're going to board this train... Yes, I need a lot of
5: things, but I don't have any of them. I just have to take my chances. Good. We've seen it. Keep wide of the track, Jean. Very wide.
2: Yes, I am, dear.
5: He's slowing down. Now, look, when it gets to very slow speed, you watch down the left side. Watch the car doors. Someone might try to sneak off. I'll watch to my right. Shout if you see anything suspicious. Now she stops, run down a ways so you can see more of the train. That's the girl. Now look for the conductor. Now don't say anything. Let me do all the talking. Right. There he is. There comes the conductor. Hey, hey, what's up? I set those flares, conductor. What's the matter? Is just part of washout. What's wrong here? Uh, my name is Abbott, Pat Abbott. This is my wife, Jean. Mm. I'm a private detective. We had to stop your hey, train. Why? I want to see a passenger of yours immediately, Professor Duffield. He called you about it on the radio phone, remember? Yeah. Now, I have no time to explain. The crew called the last one? Yes, now, but wait a minute. You have no right to do this. You've already broken the law. Sitting up flares like all right, that... All right, all can... right. Now, you come with me. There's a murder involved. Any armed police aboard, we could use them. No, and if what you're telling me is a lot of malarkey, now let's get I'll on tell... board. Step up, please. All right, now. Which compartment is Professor Duffield? Uh, compartment D. Here it is, Pat. Uh, sorry, Conductor, I'm going oh, in. Oh, just a minute, you. You can't just...
7: Yes, what is it?
2: Pat and it's charlie well, good time charlie well,
5: what are you doing here i, I thought you, you thought were... that we were on our way to new york by now charlie yes we might have been well but... mr Abbott, there's professor duffield now what's all the excitement about you're talking to professor duffield this man is not duffield well, doctor get out of my way stay where you are charlie charlie this man has been masquerading as professor duffield he murdered the professor and the blue rocket to chicago then he hid the body in the upper berth of his compartment you don't get out of my he way left the body in your own compartment when you took the professor's space in the through car all the crews are changed you told everyone in the Eldorado that you were Duffy. All right, right?
7: Abbott.
5: If you won't get out of the way.
7: Put
3: down
5: that gun. Everybody out of my
7: way. I'll shoot anybody that tries to follow me. Don't move till I'm off this car.
2: Pat, how are we him?
5: I'll get after him. That flask he took with him may be terribly important.
2: Pat, come back. He'll kill you. He,
9: he's left the train. I can see him through this window. He's running up the hill out there. Pat, don't.
5: The door he slammed. Yeah, I got it.
9: Come back, Charlie.
7: I told you not to follow me, Abbott.
5: I said come back. I won't miss this. No, look out. Behind you, the cliff.
2: Charlie, gripping the flask, fell 3,000 feet. And turning to fire at Pat, he didn't notice that he was beside that same ominous cliff we almost went over when we were in the plane. Sometime later, Pat and I were back on the Eldorado. The conductor and local police were conferring about the crime. Pat and I were having hot coffee in the lounge. Well, Jean,
5: I know exactly what you're going to say. Do you? Yes, you're very upset because I took so many chances.
2: Well, I certainly am. After all these years of married life, I've become rather fond of you, Patrick, and I'd I hate to see... I beg your pardon, Mr. Abbott. Oh. Mrs. Abbott. Oh, hello. I remember you from the Blue Rocket. You're the gentleman who wouldn't play bridge with
9: us. Yes. I think I'd best introduce myself. I am Professor Ernest Duffield. You. You're what? That is correct. My identification papers. Would you care to see them, Mr. Abbott? Mm hmm. Yes. They told me what you did. I am extremely grateful. And so, I imagine, is the government. It is quite simple. The man Charles Drake murdered was hired to impersonate me. I was bitterly opposed to the idea, but the Scientist's Commission insisted upon it. I pleaded with them, but they wouldn't listen. The chap volunteered for the job, fully realizing how dangerous it was. Well, Professor, your flask is gone. I presume it contained something, uh, something very valuable. It was supposed to contain something valuable, Mr. Abbott. And Mr. Drake went to great pains to find it, but of course it was worthless. The flask Mr. Drake died with in his hand was a nickel's worth of colored water. The real flask obviously is being sent to California by other means.
2: And how do we know you're Professor Duffield? I don't like to seem rude or melodramatic, but couldn't those identification papers be a government-manufactured fake for security reasons? Couldn't you be a government agent, maybe, impersonating Duffield, too? Did the government take the chance of revealing who the real man is even now?
9: Did they, Mrs. Abbott?
2: Pat and I finally got back aboard the Blue Rocket on our way to New York. We were alone in our bedroom. Pat, do you realize you haven't kissed me since we left New York three days ago?
5: My, my, that's quite a debt I owe, isn't
2: it? You owe me 228 kisses plus interest and in carrying charges. A grand total of 343. Wow. I better start paying off, huh? <sighs> hmm. You'll find this is a very friendly bank, Mr. Abbott. We wouldn't mind at all if you'd um, overdraw your account.
3: <laughs>
2: Moral of the story. There are plenty of fast express trains from Chicago to New York. But if you have a handsome husband who likes to make love to you, don't be a fool. Take a slow train. <laughs>
4: National Broadcasting Company has presented The Adventures of the Abbotts, starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon as those nationally popular personalities of detective fiction, Pat and Jean Abbott, created by Francis Crane. The cast included Kenny Delmar, Louis Van Ruten, and Mandel Kramer. The Adventures of the Abbots was written by Howard Merrill. Original music composed and conducted by Dewey Bergman, produced by Ted Lloyd and Bernard L. Schubert, Directed and recorded by Harry Frazee. This is Bill Rippey speaking. Next week, same time, same station, another exciting adventure in crime with Pat and Jean in The Adventures of the Abbots. This is the
5: United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.
1: Come back well what an exciting episode of the uh of the abbots uh, i i have to say that this was uh very suspenseful and uh thrill packed and you did begin to see i think in the latter part of the 50s and there are some uh johnny dollar episodes with Bob Bailey even, that began to deal with uh, the Cold War and the concerns about security and spies. And they, they're definitely fascinating episodes. And what I think, uh, for uh, good or ill, makes it uh, very interesting is a lot of these concerns are applicable uh, to today's uh, world. These aren't new concerns. For example, bioterrorism. We're still hearing about it in the news. We've just have uh, different uh folks we're concerned about, but that it's I guess some ironic timelessness in the topical nature of the episode. Well, now we turn to listener comments. I got an email here says, "I love your show. Nero Wolf and Box Thirteen have to be my favorites. My daughter loves Sherlock Holmes. I keep looking for an iPhone audiobook version of your book, but have not found it yet." Well, thanks a lot. We have not yet crafted an uh, an audiobook version of the book. It's, it's a challenging thing. Uh, when I initially sat down to uh, write it, I just figured, you know, talk into a microphone. But I, I ended up not as satisfied with the quality. But one thing is, uh, I, I got a sound recorder for Christmas, and I tried it out at a recent writers' conference, and it actually worked very well at capturing the voice without having to... Uh, Hold the microphone. So I may I may experiment with that and hope to get that out sometime available in uh, audiobook form. Speaking of books, we have this comment from John. Says, hi Adam, I wanted to let you know that your shows have kept me company through many long nights of writing my new hard-boiled mystery, My Blood Runs Cold. Please keep up the great work. Uh, Sincerely, John Castle. Well, thanks so much, John, and best of luck to you on your book when it comes out. Well, that will do it for now. We will be back tomorrow with Nero Wolf and we'll have an announcement regarding a change to uh, some of our future programming we will discuss tomorrow after Nero Wolf. Uh, in the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net, and follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham,
3: signing off.
5: 18 plus.